you know, one of the verses that when we were discussing this uh, passage together was verse 10. By the, I, think it, I think it all affected all of us, you know, because we could really resonate with that. Verse 10, by the grace of God, I am what I am, mm-hmm. and his grace towards me was not in vain. And I, you know, I think, you know, you can share your thoughts on this too, but, uh, you know, when we lose sight of that particular phrase, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Mm -hmm. uh, When we lose sight of that, that's kind of the beginning of where we start to go, you know, go astray. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. And we are back in our series called Grace and Truth as we're studying Paul's letter to the Corinthians, his first letter to the Corinthians. And we find ourselves in chapter 15, looking at the first 11 verses. And this week we had a guest speaker, one of our elders, Sean Gilliam, sharing the word with us. And uh, it was a great, great time just to dive into this word, word as, as Paul reminded us once again of the gospel. And so if you missed any of this uh, sermon, you missed Sunday, you weren't able to join us, get over to whitefieldschurch.com. You can download the sermon there or listen online. We're on YouTube, of course, and we're on Facebook and on all your f- favorite streaming platforms as well. And if you would, you know, you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and sub- hit the subscribe button. Thumbs up, a like, whatever it might be, or if you're on, you know, like an Apple podcast or anything like that, you can leave us a, a review or anything like that. It would be great. It just helps boost us in the ratings, and so that when uh, people are asking, you know, cr- uh, you know, questions about God and 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 things of this world, and and uh, we can provide them with Christ-centered and gospel-centered uh, answers to their questions, and so. Here we find ourselves in chapter 15, and I just love the way it starts out. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. And it was just so amazing as we've gone through 14 chapters here of Paul just kind of talking to them about all the things that they were doing wrong in a sense. And, and what a lot of what they were doing wrong was it was very self-centered. They kind of put themselves at the center of the story. And Paul kind of here... You know, he says, I, I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, in which you, and you talked about this, in which you stand, in which you are being saved, and, and basically brings them back to the, the idea that Jesus is the center of the story. Jesus, the gospel is about Jesus. Jesus is doing the saving. Jesus is doing the sanctifying, and we are just receiving. And and uh, I just I just uh, I find it amazing, and that you know, after all these chapters, Paul has to come back. And and I think that's an important lesson for us. And you pointed out in your sermon that we need to always be getting back to the gospel. It's the beginning. It's the middle. It's the end. You know, until we see, you know, we stand face to face with Jesus one day. But one of the things that you kind of um, focused on. And Paul does in these verses is the resurrection, and 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 how important that was. Uh, that this is not just some kind of made up thing, but this you know this thing actually happened. And Paul is very you know it's not only here but throughout his letters he's he's very adamant about these things that the resurrection. He says if this does, and if he goes on in the in the, in the verses that we're going to look at coming up this Sunday that if the resurrection didn't happen, then all of this. All this Christianity stuff, this the way, all this stuff, all the persecution, it's all in vain. It means absolutely nothing. 
And you talked a lot about that, and we're going to discuss a little bit about that, just some of the signs. And, and, uh, and one of the things that, you know, is so important is that Jesus himself, he set up the resurrection as a proof of who he said he was. That if he doesn't rise again, basically, then he is not the Messiah. He is not the Christ. And so we just wanted to take a look at those. You know, one of them is, of course, that, you know, when he says in John chapter 2, verse 19, you know, tear down this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. And the one we, the one we want to talk about today was the sign of Jonah, which is mentioned in Matthew chapter 12 and Mark chapter 8. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as believers, we can all testify to that personal experience of God transforming our hearts and giving us salvation. You know, we we went from not seeking God to now all of a sudden we have conviction of sin and we, we realize Jesus Christ is our, is our only savior. And uh, so we've experienced that as believers, uh, but God is good. I mean, there were signs throughout the Old Testament and even into uh, some of the things I talked about on Sunday that Jesus spoke about with regards to the resurrection uh, to give objective, objective proofs uh, of who he is and what he came here to do for us. And as we talked about uh, the, the resurrection, it's one thing for somebody to die and be buried. We all will. Um, uh, that doesn't make you uh, powerful. That doesn't make you or prove that you're God or anything other than you just died. Uh, but the resurrection is what makes uh, Christianity uh, the real deal, so to speak. Um, and we see it prophesied in the Old Testament in those passages I mentioned, like in Isaiah 53. And then in Matthew 26, Jesus told the disciples that he was about to die and then rise again and then appear to them in Galilee. And then after he rose again, uh, the angel at the tomb appeared to the women uh, that visited the tomb saying, hey, go tell the disciples, Jesus has risen again and he's gonna go before them to Galilee. So uh, Jesus called it before it happened. And then afterwards the angels uh, verified it and said, hey, he's gonna appear to you. And then of course, as we know from this text that Jesus appeared to Peter and then to the other 12, or to the, the 12, and then also to over 500 men uh, in the flesh after his resurrection to prove that indeed he is the son of God that was prophesied. And so we can see, uh, like I said, so many signs and foreshadowings of Christ in the Old Testament, uh, all the way up to uh, when Jesus himself said he would do those things. And it's historical fact. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And what a, what a faith builder to just go back and review these passages, just to be reminded of, uh, yeah, God is good. And he sent his son to die for our sins. And he not only died for our sins, but he rose again to demonstrate his power over sin and death. And so we can all rejoice in these wonderful truths. And uh, I wanted to highlight, you know, in uh, the sign of Jonah, um, in contrast, you know, when Jesus told the disciples that he was going to rise again, it was meant to be an encouragement. Like, hey, all these things are about to happen. Uh, they're going to strike the shepherd. The sheep will be scattered, but I will appear to you. And it was meant to be a blessing and encouragement to them. Uh, but in the context in Matthew 12, when he's talking to the Pharisees, it's, it's kind of meant to be a curse uh, because they came to him to test him. They, they were seeking a sign, uh, but they weren't seeking a sign in, Lord, we want to know if you're the the, the Messiah, they were actually uh, refuting him and doubting him and um, insulting him, basically. And Jesus told them, you know, for an evil and adulterous generation, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. And as recall, uh, Jonah went to the Ninevites and he said, in yet 40 days, uh, the city will be destroyed. I think that's exactly, or yet, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the Ninevites, mind you, did not have 
all the Old Testament prophecies. They didn't have all the signs and the foreshadowings of the Messiah to come. All they had was yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all it took for them to repent. And yet the Pharisees are here uh, professing to be masters in knowledge of the law. And they saw all the Old Testament foreshadowings of Christ and saw Christ there in the flesh in front of them, uh, fulfilling all these things. Uh, in fact, just before this, he uh, cast a demon out of a mute man. And the people standing there that saw it said, oh, wow, is this the son of David? Because they knew the, the Old Testament well enough to know uh, that Jesus was fulfilling uh, those prophecies. And the Pharisees immediately jumped in and said, no, he's doing this by the power of Satan. And so they were willfully rejecting all the evidence right before their very eyes. Jesus in the flesh, the son of God, uh, come down to be with us. Uh, they rejected him to his face and insulted him. And so Jesus said, you know, this evil and adulterous generation, you're only going to get the sign of Jonah. And uh, as we know, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and then came out, he was talking about himself. He's going to die and be buried. And then on the third day, he's going to rise again. And so all these signs and, and prophecies uh, that the Pharisees had before them, and Jesus just gave them another one, the sign of Jonah, that uh, was pointing forward to his resurrection. And uh, yeah, they continued to reject him. And so, um, but again, that just shows the goodness of God, that, that it's, it's verifiable truth, it's historical fact that he died for our sins and then rose again uh, to, be, to defeat the power of sin and to give us eternal life. Yeah, no, that's a great, and that's a great lesson for us is that, you know, many times it said, you know, what are you going to do with Jesus? Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus has proved himself. I, I, this one debate I watched with John Lennox and uh, Richard Dawkins, Richard Dawkins, of course, kind of the, the leader of the modern atheist movement. And just, there was a pivotal part in that debate where, where he finally gets Richard Dawkins to admit that Jesus existed. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, you know, that, that's important that we have this figure on earth that the whole entire, you know, world has revolved around for the last 2,000 years. And it's, a, you know, like you said, the sign is like, of Jonah's like, what are you going, Jesus has said, you search the scriptures for me, but I'm standing right here, mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's a good lesson that people are searching. Yeah. And Jesus said, I stand here. I stand here and knock, and uh, and uh, and so that's just a good, I get a great lesson for us to to and and you know next week we're going to continue um, looking at the resurrection and and all of those things, and it's just going to be a good uh, time just to continue in this theme. We're not just going to leave it here. We're going to continue moving on and looking at how important the resurrection was in 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 proving who Jesus was and and it's the power of the gospel as well but as you know as we kind of close today you know one of the verses that when we were discussing this uh, passage together was verse 10 by the I think it I think it all affected all of us you know because we could really resonate with that verse 10 by the grace of God I am what I am mm -hmm. and his grace towards me was not in vain. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, you know, you can share your thoughts on this too, but, uh, you know, when we lose sight of that particular phrase, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Mm -hmm. uh, when we lose sight of that, is that's kind of the beginning of where we start to go, you know, go astray. When we start to, you know, it becomes works orientated and, and when we forget where we came from and, and, 
you know, just items, do you have any thoughts on that when you were, were going through that, kind of like how that resonated with you? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that uh, as Christians now, before we were saved, as I mentioned on Sunday, uh, all we could do was sin. Even our, our quote-unquote good works uh, were all for selfish reasons, all fleshly-mindedness. But now that we're new creations, uh, that the Spirit has regenerated us, uh, and God's grace is actively at work in us, now we have the ability to obey God and do what we do out of love for God, as we're called to let everything be done in love in 1 Corinthians 16, that we'll get to in a couple of weeks. Um, so that's what our calling is now. Uh, we are, are raised up with Christ to walk in newness of life. And as such, we're supposed to, everything we do is supposed to be for God's glory intentionally. It's not something that happens by accident. And as you were alluding to, uh, we can forget that that's our calling. You know, as we're called to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, which means walk by the Spirit, you know, do, the, do everything we do in love for God, um, we can go back to being fleshly minded and not even think about God and uh, just carry on uh, just as we were before we were saved. And so that's why we need to uh, be careful uh, to be reminded of the gospel, to be reminded of the resurrection of Christ and the power of his grace actively at work in us so that we will be mindful to uh, willfully live for God. It's, it's, it's intentional. It's yeah, not yeah. something we do by accident. And so, uh, and that's why Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And even in the, the, the zealous work that he did as a believer now, uh, he did it because of the grace of God within him. It wasn't mm -hmm. some arrogant statement uh, based on, you know, just fleshly self-reliance or self-glorification. No, he was doing all these things fervently because he loved God. And he was able to do so because of the grace of God that was actively at work in him. Yeah, and as you read through his letters throughout the New Testament, you almost... There, there is this kind of subtle progression where, where he realizes how much he needs the grace of God. It's not something he, he doesn't seem to feel like he has arrived. You know, in a sense, you, you get a sense from him that the, the longer he walks with the Lord, the more he needs the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that really comes out through, throughout his writings as he, as he writes to these letters to the churches and exhorts them not to, to forget, you know, and I just love the, the way we started that. Now I remind you brothers of mm -hmm. the gospel I preached to you by which you received in which you stand and, and which you are being saved. And that the picture I have of, of God's grace is not only something that can, we can fall back on, you know, that we have that grace of God, you know, when we sin, when we fall, when we, when we uh, stumble in this walk. But it's also something that propels us forward because it reminds us of what God has done for us. And when mm -hmm. we truly understand and come to grips with the depth of it, the longer walk we walk with the Lord, the deeper that grace is. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's just a great, great picture and that and uh, that Paul now reminds us of that, you know, the gospel I preached to you. And, and, you know, and he finishes that sentence, he says, and his grace toward me was not in vain. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that's just something for us to just take to heart. Like, what are we doing? You know, what mm -hmm. are we doing with the grace of God today? Yeah. What is today on, you know, we're recording this, you know, where you're listening to this right now. You know, what, what are you doing with the grace of God? You know, that he has, you know, shone into your life and, and, and what he has done for you. And that's a question that, you know, we, we ask ourselves and that's what Paul, you know, he reminds them, what are you doing with the gospel and the grace of God and what he's done with the good news? And uh, I just, good reminder for us, it's kind of been a theme 
of what, you know, as we've headed into this new year, just to kind of reorientate was the last last uh, week's message. And then before that was just kind of, you know, looking at the church in Ephesus and Revelation and, you know, to remember, to repent and, and to respond uh, to the Lord. And so as we just, you know, still in the beginning of the year, I just think these are great themes to step back, you know, and uh, just, you know, what, what, what are you doing with the grace of God today? And uh, so it's just something to think about. And if, again, if you uh, great, great having you on, uh, on on Sunday, Sean. And if you missed any of that message, uh, whitefieldschurch.com and join us this Sunday as we continue through the book of First Corinthians. God bless you. Thank you.